God is Mosley and Simcox together again, as it should be, and uh, rolling through a Friday Memorial Day weekend. And uh, hope everybody's safe out there. Has a great one. Takes a little time to um, remember and, and think back on uh, those who've uh, served our country. And uh, it's just uh, it's an important weekend, and it's a fun weekend as we kind of get ready for the summer and all the fun that that represents. But always, uh, always great to uh, spend a little time thinking about uh, those who gave their uh, lives for us and those who, uh, uh, you know, a lot of us had grandparents that were in the service, and um, some of uh, you have uh, folks that lost their lives in service to our country. And uh, we think of those folks today, our men and women in the armed forces. And then also, uh, Stephen, this is a weekend that uh, for years we have participated in a, in a, um, uh, a thing up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called uh, Carry the Load. And it's where you, um, you know, as much as you can, you walk as long as you can. Some, some people put on huge uh, backpacks. And what it is is to kind of remind us it's a, it's a tangible way you can go and walk. And some people walk all night. Some people carry these enormous packs. But it's a way they can remember people that uh, gave their, li- their lives in the line of service. Now, that's for first responders uh, as well as people in the service. So our men and women of, uh, of the police and fire and, uh, and all first responders are honored in that way. So that's a, uh, that's a thing we do. Uh, Stephen, on uh, Memorial Day weekend every year, it's a lot of fun, and uh, it's also a lot really cool to uh, some people sort of do it in silence. Uh, we don't always do that because, of course, you know me. I'm talking too much. I'm visiting with all of my buddies that are out there. But um, along the path, they uh, they put up p- folks that have lost uh, lost their lives as first responders, policemen, police women, um, and, uh, and and you know firemen. Uh, as well as people in the in the uh, armed services. So anyway, pretty uh, uh, pretty important time, pretty important weekend. And uh, I know uh, in Central Texas, especially, uh, Stephen is as much as uh, as much as the armed forces mean to us. And and thinking about Colleen and thinking about Fort Hood and everything. Uh, very very special weekend. So all our thoughts go out to you because Stephen, we have a lot of listeners. Who uh, who served, and uh, we uh, we really take time and to appreciate them uh, this weekend. We do, yes. Thank you to uh, all those who who served, and uh, condolences to those who who lost loved ones. As we close in on a weekend where we remember that time, uh, and Fort Hood, as you said, really close to uh, where we are here in Waco. And I know spending some time living in Temple um, the past few years before we moved back to McGregor, there were so many. Uh, men and women that had served that lived in that Bell County area and that were proud and uh, had, you know, done multiple tours and deployments. So we, we appreciate uh, our armed services so much. And this is uh, a good time to um, just focus in on, on all that they do for us. All right. And by the way, if there's somebody you want to give a shout out to that's uh, either serving now or has served in the past, uh, you can uh, text us on the CNC collision text line. To uh, and we'll we'll read some of those as we go throughout uh, today, taking you three to four today, um, and uh, but the number is two five four six six two sixteen sixty. That's two five four six six two 
1660. I always think of uh, my grandfather who uh, served um, and he was uh, actually on Guam, served out there on that Air Force base right next, uh, Stephen, to Oxnard, California with the Cowboys, Port uh, Point Magoo Air Force Base out there. Actually, that's a naval base. And uh, he was in the Navy and uh, just a uh, uh, unbelievable guy. And, um, in fact, at one point during the war, he was a, a jeweler. And so, Stephen, he was able to both serve and then was able to open up his own watch repair shop on Guam. Guam was an island that the American forces in the Pacific Theater used as a launching point. And uh, they, they had to win control of it first, but uh, there were three islands out there. The, um, um, and, and so the, they, they got control of those islands. And so some of those places, there was another island, it's not coming to mind right now, that was like the largest airstrip ever in the world. And the Americans uh, used that as a, uh, as a place. So anyway, my grandfather sort of finished out World War II serving in Guam. So you can imagine, Stephen, a general, whoever was the general, or, or uh, uh, that would have been like General Curtis LeMay, who was in charge of the Air Force back then, would have walked in and said, hey, I need my, I need my watch fixed. And my grandfather <laughs> would would take care of that in addition to serving and doing all that he was doing over there. But uh, a fascinating, fascinating time. And, again, you do, do whatever you do this weekend. Go have a good time. I know everybody likes to get out, barbecue, and all those kinds of things. I just want to, you know, take some time and uh, have those uh, have those special uh, memories that we have. 254-662-1660 if you want to reach out. My grandfather's name was Ernest Lawrence. So I, uh, I pay tribute to E.L. Lawrence. And, uh, in fact, my engagement ring um, that I gave to my wife, Stephen, came from my grandfather. It was one of his diamonds. And uh, he was a jeweler in McKinney for about 40 or 50 years, right up there on the square in McKinney, Texas. All right. Um, we got a lot going on in the world of sports. Um, today at 340, a newest, the newest member of the Baylor – well, I guess he was right before. He helped uh, – he helped identify Nikki Collin. He kept, you know, he 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 was uh, one of the folks involved in that search committee. And uh, Kevin Gall, he's a uh, director of stri- uh, strategy, big time. He's a strategic officer there at Baylor. So excited to visit with him at three forty today, and he's a longtime friend. So that'll be fun. And at three twenty, we'll get you ready for tonight's. We think this is about as close as we're going to get. Uh, to oh, the, the way it used to be, uh, pre-pandemic, Mavs back in action, everybody getting together for a huge game. Lots of folks have been vaccinated. Uh, obviously, the threat seems to be, uh, ha- has gone way, way down with the COVID. So uh, 16,000 plus are going to gather at the AAC and, Stephen, I have to say, I, I've been kind of toying with the idea, do I want to be there or do I want to watch it? And I, the, the, the part of me wants to be there because I, I just feel like that's going to be kind of a neat scene. We, got, we took that for granted in the past. Great playoff scenes and all that kind of thing. Stephen, do you realize when the last uh, home AAC uh, playoff game was? Was it in 2017? 2016, man, and that uh, that was I guess Dirk's last home playoff series. 
And they would have gotten beat by Oklahoma City Thunder, I believe. That would have been 2016 playoffs. Last time we've had playoff basketball at the AAC. So that's going to be exciting tonight. Things going to be loud. Um, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, Stephen, because uh, have you noticed everybody's trying to warn fans, behave, be rowdy, be loud, but behave. I, I find this funny. Like, just because some, some idiot in Philly poured popcorn on Russ, we act like the whole world's falling apart. That Because some guy does that, it doesn't mean, like, every one of us as fans is going to be out there pouring popcorn. Now, of course, Philly fans already get a bad rap. And then, of course, somebody at Madison Square Garden hauls off and spits on Trey Young the other night. I mean, I, I've got no clue. Now, Stephen, have you watched it? I, I can't. I've, I've tried to watch it, and I can't really – I, the video, for some reason, doesn't totally catch the guy. Now, I think they got him, and he's been suspended indefinitely from Madison Square Garden. But um, It doesn't show his face. Like, it's okay. a weird shot. Yeah. So, it looks like there's a – you see the spit ever, ever like I have, in that video or not? I have not seen the spit. The only thing I see that makes it look like he's spittle is that <laughs> – it's, it's like that Seinfeld episode with uh, Keith Hernandez. Um <laughs> The only thing I've seen that makes it look like he spit is there's a woman sitting on the front row and she kind of like looks over her shoulder confused like something just hit her. And then I guess the implication is that he spit down and it went past her and hit Trey Young. But, you know, I've watched that video a couple times as well and I haven't actually seen the spit, you know, hit Trey. All right. Uh, but but I think, Stephen, I mean, do, do, do you feel like we we have to – you remember how we all of a sudden decided all of us had to tell everybody else to wear masks? You know how we people love kind of telling people what to do? Um, I'm, I'm noticing this now with the fans for the Mavs. Guys, guys, don't don't embarrass us. Everybody go. I'm like, do we really need to do that? Like, is that is that what we need to be doing, going around, like, reminding people how to behave at basketball games just because a couple of idiots had too much to drink and, and, and they'll never get to go back to those games? I mean, there's a good punishment in place. You act like a fool, you never get to go back. Your 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 tickets are are revoked forever. You're never allowed back in. Okay, so if you want to go and act like an idiot, then you'll never get to go into an NBA again. And if it's worth it to you, have at it. But uh, anyway, just utter silliness. So I'm excited about that. Now, Stephen, there's something I know you have this uh, audio, and so I want to play it for our folks. But set it up if you will. The the Okay, this was my beloved Pirates versus the Chicago Cubs yesterday. And it, at the plate was, and there's a, there's a runner on second. Second. Oh, wait. Yeah, yeah, he, there's a runner standing on second. I got you. And, and was it Javi Baez? Javi Baez that, up at the plate, yes. Two outs in the third inning. Okay. And is this call from the Pirates? Did you get the Pirates call or this the is Cubs the, call? This is the Pirates radio call. <laughs> okay, because I kind of I, I I I know this one. I think it's kind of funny if it's what I think it is. Okay, this is what we're gonna play the we're gonna play the radio call for you, and then we'll talk a little bit about what happened. Uh, this was the Chicago Cubs versus the Pirates. Uh, I believe at the time. The uh, Cubs had about a one, I think a one nothing lead, and here's what transpired. 
Here's the 0-2 home and a swing and a ground ball on to third base. He took a neck-high pitch and hit it on the ground to third. Now Baez running back toward home plate. Tag him, tag him. Tag him quickly. And what did Craig do there? They get a run out of that. And now they got to get the out at first. And they throw it into right field. That's going to get a run for the Cubs. Oh, my. What a loony play. And he's in at second base. Just tag him out. What was that? The Cubs are going to get a run. And Baez is safe at second base on a routine ground out to third. Oh, the Calliopes can be heard from here to Sewickley. <laughs> that even mean are calliopes like birds or or something like that like the boo birds from here to what so Sewickley, so I, I believe so that must be some kind of pittsburgh type calliopes i thought he was referencing some kind of bird or something somebody in the audience will know exactly what that meant did you know what that meant steven the calliope i do not or, i have not heard calliopes i'm gonna google it real quick well, a calliope, in some form of a calliope is like an instrument. So I think there is an instrument called the calliope that people play. Maybe that's what they're referencing. But I also think it has something to do with a bird. But anyway, just so you know what happened, the the Pirates get just a routine grounder. All the guy had to, so, but he pulls the first baseman off base. And the, the runner, the, the, you know, the, the guy who hit it, Baez decides to run back toward home. He doesn't run it out. And so, meanwhile, instead of racing, the he could have just stepped on first and recorded the out. Instead, he came toward. Well, while he's messing around with the runner, at first base has been pulled off first. Remember, he catches the ball, but he's just all he has to do is tag first base with his foot or run down the guy and tag him. Well, while he's goofing around with that guy, the, the guy from second, comes around and races home and scores. And then they try to throw Baez out at first, and they throw the ball out into right field. I mean, it was a bad news bears moment, and sadly, bad news buckos in this case. It's my favorite Major League Baseball organization, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'm just, I'm just sickened by this. But, uh, Stephen, what have you found on Calliope's? Matt, how do you spell calliope? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might say that. Um, so the more I think about it is, text us if you know what a calliope is, 254-662-1660. In, in that context, it sounded almost like a, the calliope's either an instrument or a bird. It's C-A-L-I-O-P-E, calliope. Again, I, I did win the fourth grade spelling bee at Lucille Nash, um, but then I, 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 at the county level, I ran into some issues with a word called travesty, but so I don't know if I'm right on this. It's C-A-L-I-O-P-E. Stephen, do you have it? Or maybe two L's. C-A-L-L-I-O-P-E. Have you found it yet, Stephen? Calliope, a keyboard instrument resembling an organ but with okay. the notes produced by steam whistles, used chiefly on showboats and in traveling fairs. Okay. So what does that mean if he's talking about the calliopes can be heard to Sawicki or Sawaki? What does that mean? 
I, I don't know. See, I thought I thought calliopes, but anyway, so I was kind of right. The calliopes can be heard from here to Sewickley. Right now, Stephen, look up Sewickley. That has to be probably a Pennsylvania Pennsylvania town, not far from Pittsburgh, perhaps. S a w i c k l y. This is a good. Yes, it's uh, twelve miles northwest of Pittsburgh. Calliope's can be okay. This game was in Pittsburgh, and so he's saying the little carnival, um, okay, can be heard so quickly, twelve miles down the road from Pittsburgh. Okay, we've decoded this message. Stephen, is that is that good? Is this good Memorial Day weekend radio? Boy, shout out to everybody out there on the road. Be careful. Be careful out there. Okay, wait till you get where you're going to pop a top. All right, don't be out there drinking and driving. Just get where you're going to be and be responsible. All right, Stephen, do, do, am I sound like I'm preaching now? I sound like those people I was making fun of earlier. Wear a mask. Mask up. Yeah, I got a little tired of that. Everybody just just patrol yourself. Okay, we don't have to like we don't have to send messages to everybody else in the world. Let's just take care of our individual selves, and that'll be okay. We'll be able to go through online. Uh, Stephen. Anything else we need to accomplish? Oh, real quick. Uh, let Big me quickly. 12, or go ahead. Oh, go go ahead, ahead, Matt. Yeah. Well, no, I was going to ask you about the uh, Big 12 uh, baseball tournament. Any, uh, I know TCU had a big win earlier today over Texas Tech. Yeah, so TCU, they beat Texas Tech 7-2 to earlier today. And then Tech had to turn right around and play Kansas State in an elimination game. And uh, still uh, some time left in this one. But K-State up 7-2 to in the bottom of the 7th. Um, so they are on their way to possibly getting a victory and staying alive, and Texas Tech could be on their way out unless they make a comeback here in the last few innings. And, and earlier, Matt, you were asking for uh, shout-outs, and uh, one of our texters oh, yeah. yeah, one of our texters said uh, his nephew, Sean, is currently serving in Afghanistan. He's part of the Marines. So, Sean, thank you very much for your service, and uh, we appreciate you and, and your family. All right, 254-662-1660. If you want to give a shout-out to someone in your family in the service or somebody that has served, or if you served, we'd kind of like to pay tribute to you. A lot of our uh, Baylor fans, University of Texas fans, Red Raiders, all you guys out there, Aggies, boy, those Aggies that were in the Corps and then went off and served. And uh, if you've got an Aggie buddy who did that or you did it yourself, uh, text us. I know we got people out there, boy, the Baggett family, one of those famous uh, down Temple, that seed company. What is it called? Crown Seed? Anyway, one of those one of those uh, seed companies out there, very very famous, uh, and they're uh, they're members of the Aggie, the extended Aggie family. All right, Stephen, uh, we do need to talk about it. And uh, if you love the NBA like I do, or if you love the Mavericks and Luka Doncic, you're going to like this next segment. Uh, we discuss one of the biggest games around here in a long long time. It's next. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Scattered showers and thunderstorms across central Texas this evening. Heavy rainfall, a big concern, so watch out for some localized flooding. Also could see some small hail from time to time. Overnight, we start to clear it out with lows dropping to 67. And another round of showers and thunderstorms possible early in the morning on Saturday and 79. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. I love baseball. The Rangers and Mariners play game two of their four-game series at T-Mobile Park in Seattle tonight. And that's belted. Deep left center field. 
Back goes Garcia to the wall, and he leaps, and did he catch it? No, it's gone. You see my baseball? He caught it. <laughs> he deked all of us. He, he held on to the ball, didn't throw it, didn't have any kind of reaction at all. Hi, everybody. This is Eric Nadell inviting you to join Matt Hicks, Jared Sandler, and me. Our Geico broadcast time is 8.30 on the Texas Rangers Radio Network. I'll take a grande, no-foam, triple-cap, double-pump vanilla latte with three-and-a-half ice cubes, slightly shaken, extra whip. Yeah, that's going to be an upcharge. Great! This one is on my Casasa cashback checking account. Uh-huh. Casasa pays me cash back on everyday debit card purchases, plus refunds on ATM withdrawal fees. Go on, take back banking and treat yourself to monthly cash rewards. First Central Credit Union. Come see them today or apply online at firstcentralcu.com. Feel like you're missing out on the fiesta? You don't have to. La Fiesta Restaurant is open with dine-in seating, drive-through, and delivery. Now, you can get the famous purple margarita to go or delivered with any food purchase. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier with family pack of fajitas, enchiladas, and tacos. Order online or call ahead and get any of your La Fiesta favorites at LaFiesta.com. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Stop by downtown in Waco at Way Cool Tacos and Union Food Hall. Way Cool Tacos, located corner of Franklin and 8th Street. You know, I was just sitting here looking. Uh, the new official attorney of uh, of the Matt Mosley show is Stephen Simcox and Garrett Ross, or whoever decides to show up. Uh, Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry. You hear that name, Cherry? That's Craig D. Cherry. He went to Baylor with me, then went on to become a really fine lawyer. In fact, we both went to Baylor Law School. He He, he decided to stay with it a little bit longer than I did. I'm sitting here looking at this. It, this is an amazing, some of the things he's accomplished. Uh, Craig is a tireless. His dedication, ability to anticipate his opponent's next move makes him the ultimate opponent in the courtroom. Now, Baylor Law School puts out the best litigators in the country, and uh, Craig is no exception to this. As a trial lawyer, triple board certified, focuses his practice on complex civil litigation in multiple areas, including business litigation, intellectual property litigation, class action, catastrophic personal injury, and wrongful death litigation. All right? And he's, my goodness, individuals and businesses throughout the United States and Europe. My, I mean, that's that's something else. I mean, it's one thing just to uh, represent Texans, but then he can do it in Europe and all this kind of thing. So very, very uh, proud to know him. He's a board-certified certified, board certified in a civil trial advocacy by the National Board of Trial Advocacy. Advocacy. How do you get a hold of him? Well, I'll make it easy on you. 254-651-3690. That's 254-651-3690. Or you can go to swclaw.com. Okay, like the old conference, swclaw.com. If you need... Unbelievable defense or plaintiff's attorney, you can call Craig Cherry. Like sports, business is about winning. Championship decisions are business decisions based upon what it takes to help your company win. That's why there's UBO Business Services, specializing in helping you win every day by streamlining workflow and allowing you to better communicate within your organization and with your customers. Make your championship decision today with UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com or call Sean Hunt at 254-772-1600. 
Come join us. Howmet Aerospace, situated in Waco for 48 years and now hiring for several positions. Howmet produces fasteners for industrial applications such as transportation, renewable energy, and automotive. Howmet Aerospace is looking for production technicians, quality engineers, machining techs, maintenance electricians, and more. Most positions require a mechanical aptitude or background, and all jobs require a high school diploma or GED. Howmet Aerospace offers a complete benefits package from day one. Go to howmet.com slash join us. Search Waco for complete listing. Finney Smith to inbound. Back to Doncic. Doncic pulls up, three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Doncic wins the game at the buzzer! Well, you remember that. Doncic well, last summer and uh, the bubble, whenever they did the bubble, I, you get it all mixed up, thinking back on the pandemic, but it was, uh, Steven, I just remember that moment when he knocked that shot down and all heck broke loose. It was a great moment in the bubble, the reaction from it, and then to see tonight, uh, 16, I think it could be upwards of 18,000 fans Somewhere, I think that place holds a little over 17 and a half or eight, 18. Uh, it's going to be a raucous crowd this evening. And, uh, Stephen, I, I would say that that's been one of the coolest things lately, whether it's watching Mickelson, although that scene got a little out of control, but Mickelson at the PGA Championship, some of these games like uh, in Utah where the fans are there. And I know right now fans are acting like idiots in, uh, you know, Philly, which is nothing new. Uh, that happened at Madison Square Garden. But those crowds, for the most part, at Madison Square Garden have been awesome. And I, I just think about how horrible New York was a year ago. And, and the, the, the hospitals were overrun and nobody knew what to do. The pandemic had, its, had us in its throes. And now we're celebrating again. And we're going to events. And like at Colonial and at Nelson uh, a couple of weekends ago. Colonial right now. Fans are out there. Steven, you're a TCU grad. You remember what the Colonial was like. I mean, that really, Fort Worth was great during the Colonial. And then afterwards, we'd all go over to uh, Joe T. Garcia's, sit up by that pool, have those nachos, family-style enchiladas. I mean, have a great time. So I, I would say, Steven, before we even analyze this game, the atmosphere tonight at the AAC is more what we're talking about. And so even for our fans, now we got people, even our station, who say things like, I don't watch the NBA. I don't care for the NBA. Well, whatever. I mean, if you don't like sports, what up? Get out of, you know, go do something else. But it is a contest, and it is awesome. And when you see the fans get into it, and then how can you not love the 22-year-old Luka Doncic playing in front of a sold-out crowd and, and the, 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 the moment I remember, the last great playoff moment was that San Antonio series in about, I don't know, 14, 15, somewhere in there, you know, after the championship. Maybe it was 2013. But Vince hit one from the corner to win a playoff game. And, Stephen, it sounded like, like you know, a cannon went off. The, the bucket goes through, and when you're in that kind of arena and, and, and that's just waiting 
for that ball to, to see what happens, and then it goes through. I, I, that, the wall of sound that came through, I just remember thinking, dang, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad because that's when you experience something like that, it, it stays with you. Stephen, I mean, there have been moments probably at TCU. You remember those moments, and what you remember is not only the play on the field, but what the crowd. So, anyway, I just think tonight, Stephen, uh, even for people that are non-NBA folks, I think they would enjoy turning it over there at about 8.40 this evening, 8.40 Central Time, which is what we go on. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch on ESPN. It's going to be a great game. should be a great game. And, uh, yeah, getting fans back in the AAC will be great. That Vince Carter moment stands out to me. I, I was in college. I remember yelling in my dorm room when he hit that shot and my sweet mate, like, not being super happy with me, even though it was, it was like, 5 in the afternoon. I mean, it wasn't early in the morning or late at night. But that was a, a super exciting moment. And um, it has been a long time. I mean, that Thunder Series in 2016, the last time the Mavs were at home, and, and they weren't uh, – they were never really in that series. I think they went out in five, and it wasn't really close. So to get up 2 nothing on the road is big, uh, and Dallas has to continue that and, and find a way to at least win one at home and, and continue that controlling lead of the series because, as we know, these things can change quickly. But Luka Doncic, I mean, the Clippers, even though on paper it looks like there should be a bunch of people that can guard him with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, um, they just they haven't been able to figure him out, and that's been a, a, a puzzle they can't solve. Yeah, and I, I I think that what the Clippers are experiencing, you know, they thought they would make those changes last year, and they fired Doc Rivers, and they they obviously Kawhi scored forty one the other night. I think one of the craziest things is we saw what Kawhi did for Toronto, and I think the thought was when the Clippers got him that that might transform them because he's that great. I mean, he is. If if not LeBron level, he's right there. He's right there close. And what he did with the Raptors uh, organization, it had some really nice players, but let's not act like they were just knocking on the door. Well, he goes there and, and drags them to a, a title. And it is kind of wild to see a young guy at age 22. Kawhi's 29 or 30. I think he may have just turned 30. He, it, it, Luka has the upper hand. And I just don't think even a year ago we would have thought that about. Now, Luka was great in that series last year. Now, of the two superstars on each team, um, you would think that the Clippers would have the edge. Now, playoff P, we always we make fun of him. He is a great player. And those two players probably add up to better than Porzingis and Luka. The problem for the Clippers is Tim Hardaway Jr., is shooting the lights out, and he, he's great from three. He's driving. I mean, he this guy can flat out go. And so, I mean, it was kind of a joke that you know he was more of the throw-in guy in that famous Porzingis trade. And the joke has become, well, <laughs> they they won it. They won the trade because they got Hardaway Jr. And the truth of the matter is, Stephen, and, and I I think Porzingis does help. And he blocked some shots the other night. I think he does some things as far as rim defending that can be helpful. And he'll knock down some threes from time to time. So he spaces the floor. But what seems to really make this team go, other than Luka, is when Hardaway and Dorian and Jalen Brunson and Kleba, these guys are knocking down threes. And what I would tell you, Stephen, is that this team 
it, they're hitting at this clip, and the other night I think they hit <clears throat> nineteen or twenty threes, whatever it was. That's that's very jazz like. I mean, the, the Jazz averaged 17 threes a game this year. I mean, they did it pretty much every night. Was it 15 or 17? Whatever it was, it was insane. I think it was 17 threes a game. You shouldn't do that throughout an entire season. They did. They did. They went on a run where they just made every three in the world. Mavs are a little bit like that. And when the shots are falling. Now, we shall see. Will Do the Clippers have enough pride to take a major stand? Will that be Beverly? Will that be Morris? You know, who who is that that gets in somebody's grill early in this game and tries to send a message? Because I think that's happening. I think that's ha- going to happen, and uh, I, I, I can't wait. But, uh, Stephen, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think this series is necessarily over. I think people think because the Mavs won the first two games on the road that the series is over. All the Clippers have to do is win tonight – and I think it plants a little seed of doubt in the in the younger Mavs. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, just my thought. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, listen, like this is a team that has not. Like, let's look at that roster, Matt. Has anybody on that roster won a playoff series? They're extremely young. Um, Luke has been great in the playoffs. I know he played pro ball in Europe for a long time and was in a bunch of big games. The thing that gives me hope for Dallas is that the supporting cast has stepped up. Last year, yeah, they pushed the Clippers to six. But it was really just Luca went nuclear and, and won a couple games for them. Tim Hardaway has been good. Uh, Klebe has given them some good minutes. Porzingis has been sort of inconsistent, but um, he's he's been there for him at times. But if you lose tonight, then suddenly game four becomes um, almost a must-win. If they, if they get this thing evened up 2-2 and you go back to L.A. for game five, I don't think that looks good for Dallas. So, this is crucial. When when they made their title run, I know it's a completely different team, but they went to they went up 2-0 on that really good Lakers team with uh, the late great Kobe Bryant and Andrew Bynum and Pau Gasol, and they came back home and everybody thought, okay, yeah, this, it's a nice little story, but they're about to get beat. And they found a way to win game three, and then they swept LA after that because they broke their will by winning game three. And this might be that kind of opportunity for Dallas tonight. If they can take the Clippers' best shot, in a desperation game and beat them, then you you set yourself up really nicely for uh, closing that thing out in four. I agree with you. If you do that, then it'll remind us of the great moment from 2011 when they swept the Lakers, that what they called the uh, Mother's Day Massacre. They, they just put it on them. That would have been Kobe and Bynum in that bunch. Was Paul still with them, Pal Gasol? Yeah, he was he still there. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Um, okay, listen, we got we got to get big time because we're talking to one of the head honchos over at Baylor Athletics Department. Kevin Gall is, um, well, he's the new athletic chief strategy officer over there and, uh, and had a big hand in bringing Nikki Collin to town, the new women's basketball coach. Let's check in with Kevin Gall as we introduce him to our audience next. You wouldn't call your doctor, accountant, or mechanic using a 1-800 number, so why your bank? If you have to dial 1-800, you don't know your bank, and your bank doesn't know you. Come to Central National Bank and experience the difference. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Have you been tagged yet again in an engagement ring photo? Are hints being dropped all around you? 
Rest assured, D'Amore Fine Jewelers has been rescuing men seeking the perfect ring for over 25 years. Come in with a picture of her dream ring and we'll make it a reality. With our five-year financing, custom design team, and selection of diamonds, we'll make the whole process fun and enjoyable. D'Amore Fine Jewelers on West Waco Drive. Hey, it's Matt Mosley, the Matt Mosley Show with Stephen Simcox. Exceptional experience, extraordinary results. That's what you receive when you hire the attorneys at Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry, trial lawyers with over 100 years of combined experience specializing in catastrophic personal injury and product defect cases, as well as business disputes. Steckler, Wayne, Cochran, Cherry now has an office in Waco managed by local attorney Craig Cherry. Craig is triple board certified. Fewer than 1% of all lawyers in Texas are triple board certified. If you need a lawyer that has exceptional experience and provides extraordinary results for clients, call them in Waco, 254-651-3690. Again, that's 254-651-3690. You can also visit the website and learn more about the firm at www.swclaw.com. Elevate your career with a new job at VersaLift Southwest, a Thai manufacturing company. VersaLift Southwest occupies a 16-acre state-of-the-art assembly and upfitting facility that develops and builds the world's best aerial lifts, digger derricks, and cable placers right here in Central Texas. They are now hiring hydraulic, electrical, and service technicians. All openings start at $17 an hour or more. Drop by their location, 7601 Imperial Drive in Waco to apply. Your attention is needed for this special announcement. It's Freedom Country's grand opening sales event. Central Texas, you've asked for it and you've got it. Freedom Country's grand opening sales event is here. And during our Freedom Country sales event, you can take advantage of thousands of dollars in savings and zero dollars down delivers. And like I said, we're making car buying easy with five makes two stores all in one location right here in Colleen at Freedom Country. I had to say it. All of us plus text on the license to get over Welcome back to the Matt Mosley Show presented by Central National Bank. Here's Matt Mosley. Odd is Mosley, Matt Mosley, alongside Stephen Simcox. And uh, we're happy to be joined right now by Kevin Gall, the uh, athletic athletics chief's strategy officer and also a senior associate ad at baylor and um kevin this is this has to be i know you've accomplished a lot in your uh, uh your young life but but being on the matt mosley show with stephen simcox has to rank somewhere i would say in the top three or four is that is that overstating it uh i don't think it overstates it at all and and not only a matt mosley show appearance but the the coveted Friday before a holiday weekend spot. Well, I, I thought that was when you could just kind of let it fly and, you know, just really say whatever's on your chest. Is, is, is there the equivalent of like a news dump? Is there a guest dump? It's like, uh, let's have Kevin on Friday before the holiday weekend. You know, I, you say that, and I never thought of it like that at all, but I have wanted to have you on. And then today, I just happened to finally sit down 
uh, and listen to that podcast you did with Brooke Bednars and uh, the voice of the Bears, John Morris, and I kind of liked it. I mean, I was just sitting there like, well, that's a fun story. Oh, I didn't know that about Kevin. You know, it's just funny. When, you, when you're friends with somebody, you kind of think you know them, and then you listen to one of those things, and you're kind of like, golly, that's, that, some of that stuff's really cool. So that's what kind of prompted me. Let's get KG. Now, the problem is, Kevin, you're a very secretive type guy. You're doing these searches, and even friends of yours like myself can't get through to you. And, of course, I get frustrated, but that's just how I am. Um, How long had you been on campus in your new gig when Kim Mulkey uh, shocked us all and decided to go to LSU? Was it like a week or two weeks? How much did you have under your belt? Six days. Six days. You barely had found your office. You put a few things on the wall, and then you you hear the news. Kim Mulkey, the legendary Baylor coach, is headed to LSU. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, I guess you were extremely well-suited for this because your background is in executive search, and you've done a ton of these things over the years. Um, What? What was that like? I mean, like, so when that happened, the news goes out. Everybody, we're all, like, up in arms about all this. How quickly do you sort of uh, point ahead and start gathering names? And and what was that like, Kevin, like going from Eastman Bodine, very, very famous search, athletic search firm, executive search, uh, to suddenly be, you know, you'd worked with Baylor on several searches, but suddenly you're actually – with Baylor did it change your approach a lot or not that much well candidly I was a little bit excited to get a task that I was an expert at um which uh certainly can't be said of 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 many of the things that I'm I'm tasked with right now um (laughs) so I was joking with Mac I'm uh, really happy to be doing something that I'm good at um but uh well here's sort of how that all went down. Obviously, uh, there's not anybody in the country better than Mac. And so Mac and Kim had had open communication. Um, so we knew this was a possibility. Um, and so some prep work had already begun to happen. And so then, uh, then you go into full search mode, which is you, you get the, the internal search committee together, um, you start to talk about a timeline. You start to talk about um, the current roster and making sure they're communicated with. And um, Mac, Mac Rhodes during a search is uh, about as impressive an executive as you'll see. Uh, he's, his, his process is, is buttoned up. And uh, as you alluded to, I've worked with him several times before on things. And so um, it was uh, – so, so not going into it blind or not going into it not having worked with him, uh, I, 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 I was able to, to, to just sort of uh, board the moving train and, and try to bring some value, and, um, and, and I think we wound up in a, in a really great place. Yeah, and y'all, y'all ended up with Nikki Collin, and um, she is a very interesting choice because of her background. And that's one of the things, you know, I said right away, I didn't, I didn't know who it would be in WNBA, but I did have that thought. Would, could they do something a little outside the box here? And, um, and, and that's, what you, that's what y'all ended up um, doing, is going outside of the box. Now, again, she had a lot of co- college coaching experience, but what, what – um, what were some things during the search, Kevin, that kept pointing you to Nikki? And then, 
it, and was there any one moment or is there, is there, was there really a couple of qualities about her that really seemed to uh, put her uh, ahead of some of the other candidates? Yeah, I think that if I had to describe um, Nikki, I, I think she has a lot of the qualities that you look for in successful head coaches. She's smart. She's compelling. She's really competitive. Um, and if you think about uh, a lot of the successful head coaches we've had here, um, Scott Drew um, could name uh, a dozen others, smart, compelling, competitive, pretty good, pretty good baseline between all of them. Obviously, who we are as an institution, there's a specific fit here. Um, so you certainly have to work through that filter uh, when you do a national search. And then this job of head coach has gotten more difficult as the years have gone on because you're held responsible for more things, the, whether it's the media, your players, social media, the transfer portal. Um, this job's gotten really big. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't matter if it's football or baseball or women's basketball. And, and so, so not only was Nikki a, a great fit, not only smart, compelling, competitive, but, but um, she, she had an understanding and an appreciation for the bigness of the job. And, and she, had a, she had a viewpoint that, was, um, that lined up with um, un- understanding that this is, a, this is a really big job. All right, talking to Kevin Gull, the Athletics Chief Strategy Officer uh, at Baylor, Senior Associate Athletic Director as well. I don't want to. I don't want to short you on anything, Kevin. Have you have you been able to get that on a business card? You have some business cards made yet? Or are you still working on that? Yeah, there's a lot of hyphens though. It's it's like you get a lot of dashes. Takes up a lot of room. <laughs> Takes up a lot of. I, hope, I, hope, I hope, hope we weren't paying for the business cards by by character. Yes, yes. No, they get some discounts um, uh, there. And, and uh, Kevin's joining the Matt Mosley Show, of course, with Stephen Simcox. Kevin, you go all the way back, and I was, I was liking listening to that podcast, having you go back talking to where your uh, career, your Baylor, your Baylor student starting in 2004. And what's strange is now that I think back on this, I was at the Dallas Sporting News covering that scandal of 03. Would that have been your senior year in high school? So you're yes. getting out of high school when I'm covering that Baylor scandal. Is that is that timeline right? Yes, that is that is that is uh, that is exactly right. Um, and um, and always good to be reminded how much younger I am than you. <laughs> hey, it's it's uh, it is true. You got a few. I got a few years on you. Um, in 2004, did did you you get on and um, and as a as a manager for the basketball team? Now, did did Scott immediately like? Did, were you almost kind of like a lot of us were with Scott when we first met him? Like, is this guy for real? I mean, he can be. He's bouncing off the walls. He's obviously just a, a motivational type guy. But I do think some people meet him and go, "Wait, is this real?" What, what was your first impression of Scott Drew as you became a manager there uh, on the, for the basketball team? Yeah. So I. Uh... I definitely understand that perspective of Coach Drew and, and um, know a lot of people that have had to sort of um, spend some time with him and see that he's, he is for real and he's genuine and, 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 and all that. And, and I think he's been in the job so long now that uh, that, that, that sort of skepticism has long since passed. But really, I, I believed in him right away because the first time we met, we, we kind of had a moment. Um, I 
was looking at coming to Baylor and being a manager, and my high school coach, uh, Richard Darden, uh, was really good friends with Jerome Tang. In fact, we played against Coach Tang's team in high school. Um, that did not go well for us. Um, and then Paul Mills, who was at Rice at the time, uh, before he came to Baylor, he, he was uh, previously a private school uh, head coach in Houston. My high school coach knew him really well. So I came, I came the spring of my senior year of, of, uh, of high school, which would have been right after their first season. Um, and uh, they showed me around and, and talked to me about becoming a manager. And when uh, it came to meet Coach, he, he came out of a meeting real quick, and, and we just we had a moment. And he looked at me and he said, "You should come here because we're going to get this done." And from that moment on, I've always believed in him. That's really cool. And and uh, and obviously, he didn't have a lot to stand on in terms of what Baylor was doing. Your your first year, I think I remember you saying. Was it the one conference win your your freshman year as a team manager, and it was against uh, Colorado? Uh, it, one in fifteen is that is that about right? Yep, one in fifteen with the one win against Colorado, and then and then the next that summer off season, they the the NCAA took away our non conference games for first time in 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 NCAA history that ever happened, and I believe it hadn't happened since then. So then, so then my sophomore year, we, we had the longest fall preseason practice schedule ever uh, because we were not permitted to play non-conference games. Um, and I believe, I believe we went 4-12 and 12 in the Big 12 that year, but, but with the asterisk that, um, that I think we started 0-7 because everyone was in game shape and, and mid-season shape, and, and we weren't. So I think we, we won uh, four of our last five in Big 12 that year. Maybe it was four of the last six. Um, but you, you could you could start to see we were we were gaining some momentum. We were something was happening that was that was going in the right direction. Yeah, and then uh, I'm trying to think the first really big recruit. Now Tweedy was a McDonald's All American, but now Gerald's and those guys uh, Dugat Gerald's th- those those guys were extremely important to the team. Uh, Rogers was in there somewhere. What was the yeah, first? The, the, the recruiting class that came that summer that we had our non-conference games taken away was Henry Dugat, Curtis Geralds, and Kevin Rogers, and that that's the recruiting class that changed Baylor basketball. Okay, yeah, and then by the end, we, I remember. And, and, then, and then after the next year, it was it was Tweedy and it was Josh Lomers. The next yeah. year, it was it was Lace Darius, and 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 so on and so forth from there. Yeah, and that team that obviously should have made it the Final Four, if not for one call, that uh, that would that would be a few years later. And AC was on that team, yep. and others. Talking to Kevin Gall, uh, senior associate AD at Baylor Athletics, chief strategy officer. Um, you learned under a guy named Bob Bodine, um, who is, uh, I mean, it's 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 interesting. Probably one of the most powerful guy in college athletics but remains a little bit in the shadows. Even I, I, It's funny for me to say that, uh, Kevin, because he writes books and is a great motivational speaker, so it's not like he is really in the shadows. But when he does these huge searches, it is kind of. I mean, these, these search firms, we didn't know what to make of it a few years ago. We started hearing about you guys. Oh, they've hired so-and-so search firm. I, honestly, we were just like, well, why do they need a search firm to do all this? Take me back. Bob Bodine, um, who became very famous uh, in college circles, the people that know, know. When did, like, 
how long ago did this start? Was it 25, 30 years ago? And, like, what was the, what was the first one uh, he was really known for, like a, a search that he worked on that led to maybe a, a well-known coach? So, uh, yeah, so, so really the, the genesis of it is back in the, in the, uh, in the early 90s. Um, Bob, uh, Bob uh, and, and his dad was alive at the time. Their, their firm was selected to do the, the, the search for commissioner of Major League Baseball. Mm. And off of that, in Dallas, uh, people got wind that this, this local firm had done, was doing the commissioner of Major League, uh, Major League Baseball. And Bob um, is an SMU grad. And in 1994, SMU had an athletic director opening, and so they hired they hired Eastman and Bodine to do the athletic director search. And to, to, to my knowledge, that's the first time uh, a firm outside of college or, or search executives outside of, of college were, were hired to to assist with a search. They they hired a guy named Jim Copeland, who was the t- at the time was the athletic director at the University of Virginia. Even today, that would be considered a coup for SMU to get the the athletic director from the University of Virginia to to take their job, mm-hmm. and then Jim was there, I believe, <clears throat> eleven years or so, and and put put a lot of the blocking and tackling in place uh, for then uh, uh, June Jones uh, to get them back to a. a uh, a bowl game, and the, and and that set up even what you're seeing now with what uh, Coach Dykes is doing. Uh, th- that all that all has has DNA that goes back to 1994 and Jim Copeland, and so so at the, so that was really the first one, and then um, and then it, it it started to grow slowly from there. Um, some other firms have, uh, are are involved in it now, uh, and so it's really people use search firms for for different reasons. Some sometimes. Uh, a university president ju- just doesn't have a, nat- uh, a national network in, in athletics, so they they legitimately need to see the five best athletic director candidates. Um, so sometimes uh, a college athletic director they got a pretty good idea who they want to hire or who their shortlist is going to be in terms of a head coach, but they need to they need to operate through a third party because of um, contract issues, because of uh, confidentiality issues, uh, and and the reality. Is, is these things it's 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 a little bit like buying a house you can you can buy a house without a real estate agent um it's just a lot easier and quicker to use one yeah that's a good way of putting it and um and i'm telling you uh kevin this is fun um and and uh i i may just have to get you on the air more often it's easier to get a hold of you this way than it is texting you or calling you these days but uh i knew once you became the, whatever this title is, athletics uh, chief strategy officer, you would be harder to get a hold of, and that has that has been that has uh, played out that way. But actually, uh, I'm very excited for you, and I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend. And and from now on, you will be my 3:40 guest each Memorial Day week Friday. Okay. Perfect. No, I, I I love it. Let's let's just get, go ahead and book uh, book next year. Now uh, you can have you can have uh, you can send me a calendar invite, and and we'll look forward to it. And if I knew how to do that, I would. There he goes, Kevin Gall, the uh, athletics chief strategy officer for Baylor, senior associate AD, and a great friend of mine, and really excited for him to be in his new role. There at Baylor University. Boy, as Coach Taff always said, Baylor University. Um, all right, Stephen, I think that's all the time we have. 
sadly. Uh, I want you to have a great Memorial Day weekend. We're off Monday. Steven, is that right? Have we nailed that down? Is that accurate? Are we off Monday? Yes, we are off Monday. We'll be back on the air Tuesday. I was planning to take it off anyway. So I was going to be off no matter what. But that's nice. I want to thank management for that. And everybody out there, have a, a wonderful and safe Memorial Day weekend. Tom Barfield, you know Tom. He's been around these parts for many, many years. He will take over game time from 4 to 6. Good night.